Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Welcome to Freelance the Founder. I'm your host, Brandon Hull. In our podcast, we tell the stories of freelancers and solopreneurs who grew their businesses to be much bigger than themselves. On today's show, we've got an Australian software developer who's just over one year into his biggest endeavor yet. While he successfully built and sold one company in the past, he's right now in the throes of building his latest creation. And it's been an emotional roller coaster, even beginning with him having to rethink his original business idea. Your phrase of the day is zoom out. If you stick around to about halfway through the show, you'll come to appreciate this wisdom from James, why he shares it and how he applies it. And so I lined up, I think it was about 15 to 20 interviews with local designers. And I'd also read <laughs> uh, that you're not supposed to sort of give them an idea and ask for their feedback on it. You more talk about their business and their problems and and let them sort of fill in the blanks about where their biggest problems are. So that's what I did. I just stepped through the web design process. You know, what, what do you do um, before you get a client? And then what's the first thing you do when you get them? And on and on and on. And I stepped through their entire process and 15 out of 15 people uh said that they struggled with content, getting content from clients and assets or like uh, e-commerce, product information, whatever, like every single one of them. This is the story of James Rose, former co-founder of Silver Siphon and current co-founder of ContentSnare.com. ContentSnare makes it easier for agencies and freelancers to request and collect website content from clients without endless emailing back and forth. Now, you might think, yes, this is supposed to exist. I've been waiting for this. But even James, a developer himself who's built no shortage of websites, didn't realize it initially. He had something entirely different in mind. And it wasn't until he met with a handful of web developers that he realized he was focused on the wrong problem. But before we get to that story, a 
quick thank you to our sponsors who make Freelance to Founder possible. Preston, take it away. Season five of Freelance to Founder is supported by Gusto. On your own journey from freelance to founder, you'll notice that HR, payroll, and benefits can be a huge pain, which is why there's Gusto. Gusto makes it easy to scale your solo business through modern technology built specifically for small businesses just like yours. And as this season's sponsor, Gusto is offering freelance to founder listeners an exclusive deal at gusto.com slash FTF. Sign up using that link and you'll get three months completely free. It's a pretty big deal. Again, that's three full months completely free of Gusto HR payroll and benefits tech at gusto.com slash FTF. Support for this episode comes from Conference Calling by Vast Conference. Their fully automated conference calling service helps you connect with your clients no matter where you are in the world, without the need for dial-in numbers or per-minute charges. Imagine web conferencing your clients easily, quickly, and without needing a fancy mic or all that annoying additional software. It's a game changer for freelancers and founders alike. You can try it completely free for 30 days at conferencecalling.com slash trial30. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. 
Yeah, well, so we'd been building websites for lots of people over this time. We'd done the whole sort of digital agency thing. We took up um, website maintenance plans and we were doing, um, you know, design. Like we had a few people employed in like the Philippines and we actually had like a bit of an agency going on at the same time. My heart was always in software. So like I've always got my ear to the ground for problems that need to be solved or something that can be done better. James loves to tinker with software. He keeps an eye on industries and jobs he's held in the past, and he looks for problems that need to be solved, that he can solve with software, obviously. This interest in connecting the wires, so to speak, has its roots early in James's life. I remember one of my first obsessions was electricity, uh, <laughs> which is very, very safe for a six-year-old kid. And I, I remember... Um, building like all kinds of electrical circuits obviously very low voltage that were all safe because that's what you know my dad was in the electrical space um he was an electrician and he moved into like i guess kind of an engineering role and my mom was a nurse um and i remember i took a i don't know if you guys call them this too but um the when you take a power lead off an electrical device they call them a suicide lead and i'd gone and because they're really dangerous like they that's why they call them that um because it's basically a wall outlet direct to two um cables hanging off at the end i made a little trap out of that with some aluminium foil and stuff and um tested it myself uh by stepping on this aluminium foil but obviously the resistance there was it, it didn't kill me thank god but well there's also the fact that uh, uh the circuit breaker or whatever tripped out and it took me about 10 years before I told dad that the lights went out that day because I made a trap out of 240 volts. Now, I don't know about you, but I never spoke with my high school guidance counselor. Never, not once. And yet I keep hearing from guests and others who did, and it legitimately changed or at least influenced the course of their career, at least the first part of their career. And that is the case with James while growing up in Mackay, Queensland, Australia. This is one of those other events that I, I do remember like pretty well going into the like the guidance counselor, the person that's supposed to help you decide what you want to do with your life. And they were like, um, you know, there's a degree that's like all of that together called mechatronics. It was like IT plus coding plus um, mechanical engineering and electrical engineering rolled in together. I was like, no freaking way. Mechatronics. It's the intersection of mechanical engineering electrical engineering, and computer engineering. Now, James didn't put it this way, but you might say it's what Christopher Lloyd's character was an expert at in the 1985 movie Back uh, to the Future. Uh, is that a Never mind that now. Never mind that now. Not now. Not now. All right, I'm ready. Good evening. I'm Dr. Emmett Brown. I'm standing on the parking lot at Twin Pines Mall. It's Saturday morning, October 26, 1985, 1.18 a.m., and this is temporal experiment number one. All right, don't make the same mistake I did. Mechatronics isn't robotics, but it sounds like a really cool and future-ready industry. Yeah, that is. And that is the connection pretty much everyone makes. Like, immediately, they're like, oh, so robotics. I'm like, yeah, no, like, robotics is way more precise than what I do. I ended up in control systems engineering, which I guess we'll get into shortly. But everyone used to say, oh, that sounds really hard. But it's like, no, nah, we just did, like, the easiest stuff from those three disciplines. <laughs> So, no, he wasn't building DeLoreans that could time travel, but he was constantly tweaking automated systems through software 
at companies like Lendly's early in his career. To me, that's where it all started, like my love for software and building things that people use and make their life easier. The problem was that he had too much downtime. They overhired for the role of control systems engineers and boredom set in with James. It was just strange. It was like they didn't have enough work for everyone. So I sat twiddling my thumbs a lot and that gave me a lot of time to spend hanging around on the internet, which is probably how all this online stuff started, right? Um, but yeah, then I, I ended up moving to another company um, right before the financial crisis hit. So that downtime that he mentioned led to him trying to figure out how to make money online. He kicked around a lot of ideas, even getting into the how to win a date industry for men. Now, he didn't feel particularly good about his ability to do this. So he forced it upon himself by teaching other guys how they could attract the woman of their dreams. That industry, as you may well imagine, has one group of people who go on to make good contributions to the general self-help industry, like the Jordan Harbingers of the world. He's the former host of the Art of Charm podcast and now the Jordan Harbinger show. But the industry also has a seedier side that turned James off, and it ended up as a little more than a learning experience for him. Meanwhile, he also dabbled in building affiliate websites for himself, and he saw a different opportunity that he really wanted to capitalize on. Yeah, well, I mean, that was a really, really big change in my life. So all of a sudden, I was like, wait, I'm going to start researching and build websites and make money. And so then I learned about Google AdSense and all these other different ways you could basically make money off websites. Um, all you had to do was get traffic to them and there was these ways to make money. And at the time, it was it was a very strange world, you know, like in hindsight, again, it was one of those things. I'm just going through the motions. I build sites and you you almost made intentionally bad websites um, so that people would click on ads and go and <laughs> like get off the website. It was bad. Like, And again, I was going through the motions because this is what people said that I was supposed to do. He did this while holding down the fort in a full-time capacity at a company now called Lendlease that I mentioned earlier. It's in Brisbane in Australia. So here's the situation. James was building niche websites left and right for himself. He'd work at Lendlease during the day, come home at night and do this for hours, and he was doing well with it too. And it wasn't that he hated his work during the day. He enjoyed it, actually. In fact, the intersection of him doing well building affiliate websites and having a great open communication with his boss led to this. I actually really enjoyed the work, especially at the end where I was working on mine sites and, you know, having this massive machinery start up under code that I'd written, you know, and it was like, that was actually really exciting work. I just got really tired of all the, like the politics, like on site, there's just so much, all the project management stuff getting in the way of us doing our jobs. And this is what started Actura because I, I got my business, my now business partner was uh, like a colleague slash boss. And we used to have lunch every day uh, at work and you know, we'd go down the cafe uh, down the road and talk about, and I'd talk about these websites I was making that I'm making, you know, a little bit of money here and there and how I did it. And the next thing he's doing it as well. That type of work only had a limited appeal to him, so his wheels, again, were turning. The man with the mechatronics background was looking for faults in other systems. It's just how his brain worked, and still works. He has a tendency to look at things that aren't working optimally and consider how a little code here, a little code there might solve it. 
a project that James was working on caused him to realize that there was a very arduous process for those who used a payment processing service called Stripe, as well as an online accounting platform called Xero with an X. So he and his partner scurried to build an integration point that pushed a person's or a company's Stripe bank feed into Xero automatically. Not sexy, not widespread, but supremely useful for those who used both services. They grew this service upwards of a thousand customers, thousand paying customers. But James knew it had a limited future unless they invested a new wave of software effort. I don't know, like, I don't know how, I remember how it came about, but it was quite a, in the end, even though it was a simple business, it induced a lot of stress for a lot of different reasons. And that was like, when I say it was simple, I think I was spending about 10 minutes uh, on it a day. And, you know, we were, uh, I think, like a thousand paying clients or something like it. It was, it was pretty cool. Like it was a low support. Like sometimes something would break. Um, you know, this is the, the nature of browser automation and we'd get a whole bunch of support requests, but that all be the same. So there was the same response. But I was kind of sick of dealing with zero. And I was always kind of worried that being at like a single feature application that if zero came along and put in one feature, we'd be gone. And I had some ideas on how we could grow it and, um, you know, what we could do uh, to, to make, like, sort of future-proof it. But at the same time, we actually had our idea, I guess, for the next software around about this exact same time. Yes, a new idea springs into his mind. James and his partner worked with a business broker who helped negotiate an exit for Silver Siphon. He was a founder who'd sold his first company, Eureka. And we've arrived at Content Snare. Yeah, well, so we'd been building websites for lots of people over this time. We'd done the whole sort of digital agency thing. We took up um, website maintenance plans and we were doing, um, you know, design. Like we had a few people employed in like the Philippines and for advanced guys who were in Russia. And we actually had like a bit of an agency going on at the same time. Um. And like I said, my heart was always in software. So like I've always got my ear to the ground for problems that need to be solved or something that could be done better. And yeah, like at the time, I I remember thinking <laughs> it was actually the briefing process. I was like, man, like the, the, there's so like all these processes in web design that are just like really, that's not the word is like manual <laughs> and and i just wanted something that was more automatic in in a lot of different ways i was like this is like this is an industry i could be involved in because i understand it i know web designers um so maybe maybe this is something i go into and yeah so that that's uh and it was actually the briefing process at first this is the idea that james had a platform to generate and share a creative brief with clients he knew this needed to exist and he could make it so much easier of a process. There was just one problem. The 15 web developers he'd lined up to bounce the idea off of them, they had zero interest in this problem. They had no need for it to be solved, really. They did have another problem, though. Right after the break, you're going to hear what that problem was and how James went about building it. You're also going to hear about this little nugget of wisdom from James. So I actually stopped looking at our growth for a bit because I like I do a couple of masterminds with people and they're like, stop looking at it. It's only the trend that matters. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But it, and if you zoom out, it's actually really good. You know, we grow at like 
I think it's just over 10% growth a month, which is pretty good. Like that was Silver Siphon was maintaining 10% a month. Uh, we've had months where we did 20% growth in a month, which, you know, we're, we're talking absolute numbers aren't huge here, obviously, because we're doing 5, 6K. But I just wish I could stop tethering my happiness to this man. It's- <laughs> Thanks again to this season's sponsor, Gusto. If you're ready to scale your solo business, but you're worried about the complicated details behind hiring, HR, payroll, or benefits, Gusto can help. They've built some incredible technology to ensure you get HR and payroll right as you grow. You can get three free months of Gusto by visiting gusto.com slash FTF. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash F-T-F. Support for this episode comes from Conference Calling by Vast Conference. Their fully automated conference calling service helps you connect with your clients no matter where you are in the world, without the need for dial-in numbers or per-minute charges. Imagine web conferencing your clients easily, quickly, and without needing a fancy mic or all that annoying additional software. It's a game changer for freelancers and founders alike. You can try it completely free for 30 days at conferencecalling.com slash trial30. And so I lined up, I think it's about 15 to 20 interviews with local designers. And I'd also read that, uh, that you're not supposed to sort of give them an idea and ask for their feedback on it. You more talk about their business and their problems and and let them sort of fill in the blanks about where their biggest problems are. So that's what I did. I just stepped through the web design process. You know, what, what do you do um, before you get a client? And then what's the first thing you do when you get them? And on and on and on. And I stepped through their entire process and 15 out of 15 people uh, said that they struggled with content, getting content from clients and assets or like uh, e-commerce, product information, whatever, like every single one of them ended up being like, oh my God, this like, this stops every single project. The problem James assumed he should solve was not the one web developers he interviewed told him that they wanted solved. It was getting digital assets from clients to keep the process of building their new website moving forward, but without having to do an endless back and forth via email. It, it's about getting assets from people. But at first, it like my idea was like, man, I just hate briefing. I hate like working out what a client is into. And I had all these like different ideas on like creating a, a like a Tinder almost kind of thing for websites. So clients could be like, I like that, don't like that, like that, don't like that. And almost like working out what those common components were between all the ones they liked um, to work out what they wanted in a website. Um, so that was my original sort of thoughts. But um, again, this like validation thing, I, I wanted some kind of validation. Uh, and that's why I started interviewing people. Troy Dean says, go wide, go deep. And it's almost the same kind of thing where it's when you're building a website for someone, ask about all the different problems or, or you know, reasons they want a website. And then, uh, you know, digging into each of those reasons, like, why is that? Or like, what's that going to, if that's improved, what, what's the result, you know? And 
digging deep and deep and deep and deep and deep until they're so sick of you asking questions and then move on to the next thing <laughs> and then go deep on that one as well. Go wide and go deep. That is his advice to you through me about interviewing your potential clients and customers to discover problems or validate ideas. He and his partner spent the next six to seven months building content snare without any revenue coming in. With Silver Siphon, they just launched the sucker and put it out there. With Content Snare, they applied some lessons that they learned over time. Build a community you can engage with prior to launching your thing to serve them. And you have heard that time and time again from multiple guests of Freelance to Founder. Trying to build our audience, right? Because this is another thing everyone talks about, all the smart people talk about, is building an audience first. So... Um, while we were building the product, the entire time I was building the email list, I was running competitions to get like beta invites early um, and or to even get to win a year of the software if you invited like the most people or whatever um, and building a Facebook group full of people. And like, you know, I was just doing all these different things to try and build our audience um, and, you know, obviously injecting content snare all over the place um, so that people knew it was coming. We did something very, very different this time, um, and that was actually doing a pre-launch, and so actually asking for money before there was a product. And this, again, this is like another thing that I'd read that you're supposed to do. Like all these things that I've done, it was like I can't claim credit for any of this. We went to a we went to our list uh, with a UX design, so we had the designs done first. And we're like, this is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to do. Uh, we only had two screenshots when I did that pre-launch. And it was, I think it was like 60 bucks for a year when from starting when we actually launched. I, a part of me was like, oh, I don't want to like cannibalize our entire list. So I'm only going to limit it to like 20 people. So yeah, we I think we sold out of those 20 copies in like a couple of hours. Um, and basically again it was like the velocity of how fast they sold out where i was just like whoa okay <laughs> um maybe we have something here and that's when we started like proper development and um yeah then it took six six or seven months from there maybe six yeah. now there was no silver bullet to produce their list and their first wave of customers but that facebook group they created grew rapidly in just a year, they're up to 3,600 members at the time of this episode. And the group is called Grow Your Web Design Business. They all say like, just find one channel that's awesome and just double down on that. I'm like, you should see like, my L uh, lead generation is just everywhere. It makes no sense. But if I had to pick something, like the best thing we've done, it would be the Facebook group. What the guys did at this point was basically this. Invite small groups of users into the beta product, get feedback, expand and adjust the content snare platform, and invite more people in. Sounds like fun. They grew, they had more and more hand raisers validating their idea. But in the modern world, there's a lot of pressure for software founders to grow at exponential rates, lest you feel like a failure of some kind. It causes a real emotional roller coaster for many software founders. They're just over one year in now at Content Snare, and he's admittedly had moments earlier where he felt he should just walk away from the project. Um, yeah, when the revenue was flat. <laughs> no, but it's like it's all just like emotional, right? Like I, I still believe that this is 
a very helpful product for a lot of people that we need to build into something more helpful, you know, but, and that, and that's because we get all this positive feedback. Um, but yeah, I'm, they, I did second guess myself a couple of times when like you're not getting flooded with positive feedback and you have a few people cancel in a row because it's end of the month or something. How did you plow through that? I'd say zoom out. And this is, this again, that was the def- advice that was given to me when I'm like freaking out. Look, like zoom out and is it trending the right way over time? Like that's, that's the more important thing. General Eisenhower used to do this thing where if he was just like real cranky about something, he'd just write it down um, just to get it out of his head. So that's like the practice of journaling. Um, and this, this one thing too, um, I don't know where I got this, but if you ever get like nice messages from people, which is going to happen from time to time, I chuck them all in a folder. I screenshot them and chuck them all in a folder. So if I'm ever like really sad, I can go into that folder and just like flick through and be like, no, we're good. <laughs> so as of now, Content Snare has over 250 paying customers. They haven't reached the mountaintop, James admits, but they are founders again. And there's enough growth and a low enough lost customer rate that they made the gut check decision, both of them, to forego any more web design clients and any more software projects. Yeah, so um, this is a touchy topic. <laughs> We've been back and forward on this, me and my business partner, um, for a long time. And we actually just made the call like two days ago that we are not taking any more jobs because we need to focus on Snare. So really, if we were just to grow, keep growing this, hopefully, um, realistically, we can cut all the other work and double down on Snare. And this has always been the plan because we don't want to, like every client job we take on takes away from the development of Content Snare. James's goal is to get to 500 paying customers over the course of the next 12 months. That would satisfy James. That's the number where he can fully replace his engineering income. He made great money doing that. So he's eager to get back to that place again. But to make that kind of money completely through his own doing from a development and marketing perspective. What do you feel, what do you feel like you absolutely know now, you, you are certain of, about building a business, not just the software process, but just building a business that you wish you knew a year ago? It's always going to take longer than you think. <laughs> There's like you even said it before, like these crazy stories where it all just blows up. Like, I don't think that happens. <laughs> like, unless, and like to a very, very few people, it always just takes such it's more, more work and, and a harder slog than you think it's going to be. All right, folks, here is what you have learned in this episode. Number one, look at the things around you in life. What's broken? What's cumbersome? What could be automated? What could be streamlined? What do people put off doing because it's overly complicated? Those are problems in need of solutions. Be observant and you can be the one to rescue populations of buyers. Number two, it's okay to brainstorm solutions for a market you know well or think you know well, but nothing beats asking people about their pain points, where they get frustrated and wish they had a a more efficient solution. Number three, when times get tough, And if you work for yourself as a freelancer or a fledgling business owner, they will get tough. Zoom out. Look at the big picture. Read over the positive feedback and reviews you've received instead of dwelling and stressing over the negative ones. Zoom out. That's the story of James Rose, founder of Content Snare. We hope you loved this episode. 
And coming up in our next one, Courtney Slaznik, founder of ClickItUpAnotch.com. I can't wait to share her story and lessons learned with you. Do these little things to push the, you know, the ball up the hill to now like, okay, I spent eight years getting the ball to the top of the hill. Now I can spend my time doing what I want. And what's nice is I don't even have to work if I don't want to that day. You know, it's my income is no longer related to the amount of time I put in, but that means I have to set my business up to run without me. For all of us at Milo and the team behind Freelance to Founder, I'm Brandon Hull. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.